0: G'day, g'day, and welcome back to another episode of A Lot To Talk About. It is your boy, the captain of the ship, the man in charge, Bradley J. Driver, but you can call me Brad. And I'm pumped to be here for an episode that I've been waiting a couple of weeks for, but I know that each and every one of you have been waiting just as much as I have. Today's guest deserves a very good intro, and you know we always freestyle it from the top, so here we go. Basically, his journey started with a question. The question that i think many of us ask on a day-to-day basis and it's what does living well mean that's a powerful question we hope here today that we can provide you with some answers and provoke some thought on whether you're living life well on whether you're getting the most out of your day-to-day your week to week your year to year because let me tell you ladies and gentlemen time ain't stopping for you it keeps rolling it keeps on going on and you want to make the most of it and that's what we're hoping to do. And that's exactly what today's guest has been trying to discover through his Instagram page. You may have heard of it. And I'm sure you have because it has 2.6 million followers. It is called Think, Grow, Prosper. And the man behind that is not only an expert on Instagram, he's a writer, he's a podcast host, he's a dad and a husband. So from your home, your car or wherever you are, give a very warm welcome to the one, the only Ruben Chavez. How are you, brother? Thanks, Bradley. Yeah, I appreciate that intro. I'm, I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here. Mate, it's a pleasure. Like I said, your your content stood out to me. I've seen a few things pop up and we spoke about it just before jumping on record here. It's, it's the kind of Instagram page that is very thought-provoking. It's something that a lot of people will relate with because you know, we're all doing the same thing, thing here. We're all living life and we're trying to figure out how to make sure that that life is as fulfilling as possible. And we know how damaging it can be when you have a realization that your life's not been moving in the direction you've maybe hoped it to be. Where did all of this begin for you? Because it is such a broad question, but it's a very deep one and an important one.
1: Yeah, it is a broad question. It's, it's the question, I guess you could say, um, it's funny because we're we're kind of the only creatures who think about how to live you know every other creature just kind of lives and they just kind of do their thing out in nature and and we're kind of out here thinking about how to live and so it, it's an interesting thing to uh, to ponder but i um i guess i've always been curious uh, about the world and, and how best to conduct myself in it my first exposure to that kind of stuff was uh, back when I was 18 I was recruited for like a network marketing company and they had a bunch of self-help books that I that I got into and and that was really fun and it was really enlightening for me to kind of I didn't know there was a genre of books where people kind of delineated exactly what to do you know and and how to interact with people and and how to make money I didn't I didn't even I was so naive I didn't know there was a genre of books and so that was I guess my the beginnings. Um, fast forward to probably um, you know a decade later. I was uh, probably more than that. In fact, I I, I was kind of going through a rough time in my life, and and I figured, look, let's go back through these old books and let's see what they have to say. And that's how think Girl Prosper started. Actually, it was me putting into quote graphic form these highlights of these, these books that really impacted me when I was when I was young, and. Um, And through that process, I I kind of remembered some of these principles, Um, but through that journey and and, and through kind of acting those principles out, I realized that that there's a little bit more going on because, because self-help in many ways, modern self-help is, is, is uh, is born from much deeper and much more complex ideas in philosophy and, and, and even psychology. So we've been asking these questions for a very, very, very long time. You know, the, uh, the Dale Carnegie's and the Napoleon Hill's of the world aren't the first people to ask these questions. And so that was really when my journey got, got very interesting for me, is when I, when I realized that these are very, very old questions in how to live um and how to live with each other and how to deal with pain and how to obtain resources you know these are really deep questions that that weren't born in the modern era they're actually born you you can trace them back to evolutionary roots and so anyway i've had an intellectual brain a i like to call it for for the past uh over the past five five or six years or so and and been exploring all that and trying to articulate that for my for my audience
0: it's really interesting to hear because, like I said, it's a question that I don't know if we, we all live with that question, but I don't know at what point in time or usually there's, it's different for different people. But I know for me, there have been certain moments in my life and certain situations and circumstances that have made that more present to me very early on. And at the moment, you're a writer. Um, I could probably get a few tips off you because I've been trying to write, which is something I've, I I used to write like kids books when I was at school and have a bit of fun with that. I've got quite an imagination, Um, but I've been trying to write something that basically follows my life from birth to, to now 25 years and the challenges I've faced, the roads I've taken, what I've learned from it and why I have the mindset and why I look at life the way that I do now. And it's been a really nice journey to go back and look on life and look at those moments in time where certain things have allowed me to realize exactly that, that question of, am I living well? Am I on the right track? Am I on the track that is going to be satisfactory to me, just not to the rest of the world? And am I getting the most out of my day-to-day in my life? And that's a really, really t- tricky question because I believe it changes so often throughout our lives too. And as society changes around us almost that question has to change too because living well now is so different to what living well many many years ago was where there are so many external factors that change it what are your thoughts on that
1: that's exactly right man i think it does always change that's actually one of the big caveats to this whole this whole um personal development the whole idea of personal development and the whole idea of living um as a human being living well as a human being it's like you we have to realize that we're a particular kind of creature in a particular point in time and that contextualizes all of our actions and that contextualizes how how we should be um that that does. That's not to say that we can be any old way, but you, you know, you point, you you basically bring up a, a good point, which is that the best mode of being it, it actually does change over time. Um. So, so yeah, that I, I I I agree with that. I agree with that fully.
0: What are your thoughts on the essential pillars of looking at this? So, for me, if I think about living well, I think there's a few components to that. There's health there is like love and relationships and the family and the people in your life. There is your relationship with, you know, in, in the modern era, we all, we all work or we do some form of um, we have some form of career based endeavor to make sure that we pay the bills and we can continue to live. And we've also got these passions and these purpose driven pursuits that maybe don't fall into work and fall outside of that. Is there a way that you look at those pillars or are there, or there may be a few different ones that you've identified in your life where you really seem to focus your energy and and focus those towards living well.
1: Yeah, that's a great question.
0: Well, so in order to
1: navigate life properly, I think we have to have some kind of lens, some model, some framework with which to to navigate the world because it's complex, you know. We also have to conceptualize life in a particular way. And so one way to to phrase your question is like you know, what are we all doing? And, and what are we all after? And what are the most important things in life? And that's a value question. It's a question about values. Um, and value is a very interesting thing. The way that a lot of people have characterized that question and, and the answer to that question throughout history, I think we can sum it up like this, that life is primarily about dealing with challenges. Like that's kind of what life is about. And, and you can think of life as as existing on three levels you can think of reality as 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 composed of three levels Um, there's kind of the the um and 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 by, by extension three problems three levels of problems you might you might say so there's a social problem it's like how do we live together and then there's the there's the problem of attaining resources you know how do we obtain and manage resources these are broad categories mind you but then the the last problem or challenge you might uh, conceive is is the problem of pain and suffering like how do we how do we navigate pain and suffering how do we deal with that and so from these uh three challenges emerge kind of the things that are most important to us and the things that you're describing you know the the relationships the um uh you know like uh, actually having a career a, a passion you know producing um having a safe place to, to live rest and recuperation health you know all of this all these things are I think contained within these three levels of reality. You can also think of these levels as kind of the the subjective level, the objective level and the intersubjective level of reality. So I'll, I'll just kind of quickly go through this this framework that I've been that I've been working on because I think it's a really useful way to to understand what's important and what we're doing, like what what we're kind of after in the world. So I'll just go back to the, this first this first dimension of of reality, this first kind of um, set of challenges that we face. So the first set of challenges is the social challenge and it's about how to live together. And I think there are, there are really two, two things that are important to us here. It's freedom and our independence and as individuals, you might say. And then on the other side is connection with other people and being part of a group and being connected to other people. And so My whole thing that I'm trying to kind of get people to understand is that we have all these values, but they conflict with each other. We have a whole realm of values and and needs as human beings, but they conflict with each other. Case in point, um, in this particular dimension that we're discussing here, the social dimension, we need to be individuals. We need to be people who express, who are free to express ourselves in whatever ways we, we see fit. We need to be autonomous of entities. We need to be able to um, set boundaries when necessary, all that stuff. And, and I call that kind of the autonomy ethic or the autonomy mode of being, you know, and a lot of different philosophies fit into this particular kind of mode of being, you know, you you could think of you could think of anything that tells you that, you know, self-reliance is key and independence and 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 you know motivating yourself to do what you want to do and determining your own future. That that's kind of the autonomy, I think. And that's great. But but then we have this other conflicting value system, which is the need to be with people. And this comprises our relationship. This comprises our our need to our need to um, be part of a group. And that necessarily limits our autonomy in in some important ways, right? We're not just autonomous creatures. We actually have responsibilities to others, right? We actually have, um, you know, we don't like to talk about it, but there are certain things that we have to conform to and give up some of our individuality to conform to kind of what the group is doing. And so anyway, um, that's just one example of of how we might conceptualize our what I what I like to think of as our needs. You know, we need connection, and we also need freedom and autonomy. And so, what we're always doing is we're always trying to fulfill these needs while navigating these conflicting values. If if that makes sense,
0: can I can I expand on that there a little bit, Ruben? Because yeah. I really agree with that. I think we all face the challenge of being really truly authentic and figuring out who we are, but human nature is is such a community and tribal-based endeavor. Like if you look back, people lived in tribes, people hunted and gathered in tribes and communities. They found a significant other, even back, you know, in very prehistoric times. Mm -hmm. And there's a quote that I love from a guy over here in Australia, Ben Crow, who really speaks about it doesn't matter how, individual you are and how driven you are or motivated you are as a single being we all need support in this life to get to where we want to go and I think what you're breaking down is is so important and for me the way that I've summarized that in my life is I had to step away from what other people expected of me to figure out what I wanted for myself but now that I know what I want for myself I'm not too ignorant to understand that i'm going to need some help along the way and then Mm -hmm. that's where like my relationships and my connections and you know for me i could sit here and put all these points and topics out to to the pod audience by myself but sitting and connecting with you another brilliant mind where you have your expertise and you've been on your journey of discovery allows us to connect together and and go on that pursuit of helping everyone who listens and watches. So I really agree with what you're saying there. And I, th- I think that's probably not a bad way for people to look at it. The the individual part of your life is to figure out who you are and what you want. And then the people around you aren't just there to serve you, but they're there to help you along on the journey to make it a little bit sweeter. Um, it's always nicer to enjoy the the sweet parts of life with company.
1: Amen. Amen, man. I mean, it's, it's, it's a deep need and that's really what, that's really what it's all about is, is, is like, what do we need? Like, what are we after? What are our behaviors all for, you know? And two of those, two of those motivating factors are, yeah, like, like you said, relationships for sure. That's a huge one. Um, and, and there's a lot in that category, but relationships broadly, you know, I call it connection. And then the other category um, is, is autonomy. Those are two big categories, you know, the freedom to be ourselves. That, that's a, that's another huge category that contains a lot of needs, but, conceptualized as a big kind of uh category itself autonomy is a huge need and i'll just i'll mention two other two other needs that that i I think are really important are our need for what what i call novelty broadly speaking and and novelty is just this this need to explore and experiment right like so we need to that this is why we do art this is why we even do science um to um a degree it's like we have to map new territory and we're always we're curious creatures right and so we're mapping new territory and we're exploring the unknown spaces of of you know reality i mean you can even think about this you mentioned prehistoric times you can even think about this as as living it if you were living in the paleolithic era and you had to obtain resources you had to go get food or water well you have to go out to explore new territory and you have to actually risk something in order to do that so you might you might go behind this bush that you guys had that your tribe hasn't actually been behind in a while but last time you were there you saw this tiger but th- you, there's also like this possibility that there's a big grove of berries or maybe some rabbits you might be able to catch and so you have to map new territory in order to obtain these resources okay so that's like a, a metaphor that's that's it's, it's it's also you know true but you know we don't have that exact problem anymore necessarily, but we're still mapping new territory. And so, right now, we're mapping new territory. In fact, like we're through conversation, we we discover new ideas, you know. And and anytime you're learning, you're you're trying to get resources. So information is a kind of resource. And so this is all part of the novelty ethic, our need for novelty, our need for new information, our need for for resources. And and part of how to to obtain that is through experimentation and exploration. Okay, so that's fair enough, but. Then you think, well, that's true, but also back to the Paleolithic example, you might go behind that bush where there might be a, a grove of berries, and you might, you might realize that there's a, there's a, a, a snake behind there, that, or, or, or worse, maybe there's a, there's a, a saber-toothed tiger that, that actually ends your life, okay? And so that's also true. And so because of that, we have an opposing need. That, that is completely opposed to the novelty need, which is the need for security. So it's like, okay, well, Jesus, well, yeah, we need novelty, we need to explore new territory, but we also need to remain safe. Because if we, if we always are in explore mode, then we are, then it's possible we get overwhelmed by chaos. And being overwhelmed by chaos is not good. And so there's this balance. There's this other balance between novelty and security. And in the security mode of being in that kind of value system, you can think of things like like doing what works. You can also think of things like habits. Habits are a really interesting thing because they're ritualized behaviors. And you're not exploring new territory. You're like, actually, you're, you're repeating old patterns. But they're patterns that work. And so... So if, if, if you think of those two things as kind of inter, interacting with each other, then, then you realize these are two other big components of human nature that we really need to uh, kind of honor and, and express in, in various ways. And so this whole idea of society being, um, you know, having norms and, and, and traditions, that's also part of part of security. And so that is always in tension with this idea to try new things and update things and make things you know, modernize, and so all this thing. So all of these are, are opposing values that kind of interact with each other.
0: Does that make no, sense? It, yeah, it does. And as you say that, something strikes me. So um, you'd know from from the US, Jocko Willink. Yeah, yeah. Um, the the former Navy SEAL and just mm-hmm. all around badass. What a dude! And I love one of his quotes: "Discipline equals freedom." Yeah. And I think that almost like plays as, as a part in both of those fields there, where if I think about my life and just to make it relatable, there are certain habits and routines and things that I know provide me that level of security,
1: Mm.
0: but without those, they wouldn't give me the freedom to to be doing this, to be exploring new Mm. career paths, to be spending those times and taking those risks in other areas of my life. And I think it begins with security. Yes. Yes. It begins with that habit.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, you can also, there's research that, that backs, you know, a lot of what I'm saying up and one of the um, framework, the psychological frameworks that I really like is attachment theory. And it, it basically attachment theory essentially describes how we respond and perceived um, in intimacy, how we respond to and perceive intimacy in relationships. And so um, it's, it's kind of a relationship personality of sorts. And so, One of the great findings of attachment theory is that basically in order to be an independent person, in order to be a courageous, authentic, um, independent individual, that actually starts with having a stable relationship and depending on people. And so there's this paradox, really. It's like, how do you become an independent person? Well, you actually have to find someone to depend on because when you have a stable, a secure base, um, someone on whom on whom you know you can count. And this could be in a romantic relationship or can be in a in a you know non-romantic friendship or, or family a relationship. But when you have that secure base, right, when you feel secure and, and rooted and grounded, then from that foundation, you can then go out and explore into the world, knowing that there's someone beside you on whom you can count. And so that's kind of another example of how those two interact is like security, but also novelty,
0: security, you know, relationships, but also yeah. autonomy. It makes a lot of sense because we see pretty consistently that people who maybe didn't have consistent um, relationships with their parents or one of their parents then struggle when finding a significant other because the, the fears of that past relationship often tie into the new one. And then it ties into them not feeling like they're good enough in a workplace because they didn't feel like they got that reassurance from a parent or not good yeah. enough when they're pushing themselves independently in their, in their newfound purpose or passion. And so I agree with what everything that you're saying. And the, thing, the reason I love conversations like these and the reason I've started to dive into speaking to more people like yourself on the show is so relevant to life. Like this is all so relevant to everybody who's sitting there. Like if you're sitting here in front of YouTube or with the podcast in your ears and your heart's beating, this is relevant to you. Like you can take something from this. And that's why I love these kind of topics and these explorations of thought. I want to talk a little bit on the theory of time. Time time is a really funny one, right? So I've just been writing about time at the moment. So for me, for me, time, when I look at time, I, I searched the definition the other day throughout my writing on Google. And the Oxford definition is the continued progress of existence, which for me really says that time is everything. It's kind of like an asset because it has a use and value, yet unlike money or stocks or property, you cannot buy it back and you cannot retrieve it. Hmm. It just continues to tick away. It's like the hourglass. The sand keeps dripping through. And once it's out of your grasp, it's out of your grasp. Why do you think it takes significant moments in our lives? Like you said, you had that really tough couple of years where you then begin to question what you're doing with your time and whether you're making the most use of it. Because for me, I've had, you know, growing up with cystic fibrosis and a chronic illness, I understood very early on in my life what most kids don't until they lose a grandparent or a loved one due to ill health, that we're all mortal. We don't really have control of time. And as much as we'd like to think we do, there's nothing we can do to change that. Mm -hmm. And for me, it it put life into a a new perspective. I was able to see things through a new lens that it really mattered how I spent my time and the things I spent my time on, the people I invested in, um, the pursuits I invested in, you know, going to a job that didn't serve me, never lasted long for me because I knew that I was wasting precious years of my life being unfulfilled but I often find that we can fall into these bad habits of just letting life go on and go by where you're a little bit uninspired you're not really making the most of or challenging yourself in the certain areas that you've identified to be important to you and it takes these drastic life moments in these drastic situations, like for me, bleeding in the lungs and ending up in hospital to go, oh, I forgot about that in the last couple of years. I need to get my life back on track. Why is it that, that that's the case?
1: Well evolutionarily and biologically, I, I think it's probably because I'll answer in a couple of different ways, but the, the, the boring, I think scientific answer might be that we're always wanting to conserve resources. Like we, we, we only do as little as, as possible because in the ancestral environment, we needed to conserve resources and, um, doing more than is necessary, um, wouldn't, um, wouldn't serve our, our survival is, effectively. So, so that's one starting point that we might think about. I like to think in evolutionary terms because it, it helps us kind of conceive of the kind of creatures we are. Cause I think personal development has two components, broadly speaking. It's like, what kind of creatures are we? Who, who are we as people, as individuals? And then how do we use that information to kind of mold ourselves into the kind of creatures we ought to be right? So yeah. we can't ignore, we can't ignore either of those. And so so that's one that's one possible answer to, to your question. But the, the other, I think, more more um, relevant answers that, you know, it's it's uh, we like security and comfort is the enemy of progress. You could say um, that's kind of the uh, one of the taglines of the uh, the security ethic, as I call it, you know, it's like. Yeah, if if you get too comfortable and and, and if you are too too um, complacent, then you become you basically become without knowing it averse to to change, and so we get into this mode where where we think that what we're doing will always work, and that's that's almost always a bad strategy, you know, because because life is always changing and life is always throwing new things in us. And, and, and it's only when sometimes we actually encounter a situation, we encounter novelty, we encounter a, a chaotic scenario that wakes us up out of that slumber. And so sometimes that's what it takes. Um, I don't know a, a deeper explanation than that, but, but sometimes that the, the only thing that can wake us out of a uh security slumber is is chaos mm. and and we can we can voluntarily kind of do a vi- do exercises that remind us of that but you know and and this is talked about a lot in stoicism and in, in other kind of philosophies where you know you kind of meditate on the the temporal nature of your existence but sometimes that doesn't work and sometimes you need the real thing. And, and, and that's just human nature, I would say.
0: No, definitely. I want to talk about a, a few things that just come to mind as you were talking there. It's almost that that theory that you discussed the other day on your Instagram that sort of popped to the front of my mind, happiness versus harmony or happiness and harmony and how they work together and, and what that looks like. I want you to explain that a little bit because it sort of Popped into my head there that maybe that chaotic cycle is is the balance we need. It's the thing that allows us to to be happy on the other side when you come out of that chaotic scenario and you feel that security again, but you feel you're back on track. Um, let's let's elaborate on that a little bit.
1: Well, the idea of happiness versus harmony. What I'm what I'm kind of have alluded to already in this conversation, or kind of been describing are these six needs which contain within them values and um traits and and just and also just behaviors and and these are all, I would say, dimensions of human experience. I haven't gone through all of them, but, but basically you can, you can think of them, the ones I've described so far, as dimensions of human experience. And this, is, this comes a lot from psychology. It comes a lot from philosophy. I've, I've put together a lot of different frameworks into kind of this meta framework that, that I'm trying to test out and trying to apply to it with my, with my um, coaching clients and, and also just in my own life, obviously. I'm, I'm the first person. But anyway, if you think of these as different dimensions of human experience, you can also also draw the conclusion that nothing that we do as humans kind of is outside of these six dimensions because they're so broad. And then then you think, okay, well, so that's all human experience is, and, and this is human nature. And so in order to fully express our nature and fully be who we are, it's not just about relying on one of these dimensions. It's not just about relying on autonomy. No, that's too narrow. It's it's not just about relying on connection, no, because that's that's also too narrow. You're you're missing something. It's about uniting all of these different aspects of who we are as as people, as as, as human beings, and and expressing them in um in, in a harmonious way. And so one metaphor to think of this the obvious metaphor is like music. You know, in music, harmony is just different notes playing at the same time, but but coming together to create a, a cohesive piece of music, and in the same way, your life sh- is sh- you know should be about honoring the the different but conflicting aspects of human nature and pulling them all together, integrating them into into a life and expressing them um, in, in in a life that is is a rich and fulfilling existence. And so, what that means is that. You know, the implication there is that happiness, one of the implications of, of this idea is that life isn't just about happiness, because happiness, I would say is, is it depends how you use happiness, because you can use happiness in, in a much broader way, But but psychologically speaking, like in the literature, happiness is is concerned with positive emotions and it's, it's concerned with pleasant experiences and that's all well and good. Actually, this, this, this is part of another ethic that I haven't talked about, which is what I call the pleasure ethic, or you can think of it as the improvement ethic. You want to improve your, your conditions. And there's a lot contained in here. It's like, this is one of the ways we deal with suffering. You know, we, um, yeah, everything from taking a, a, a painkiller to, to ease a broken to ease the pain of a broken leg to you know going out to your favorite restaurant for dinner because you really enjoy the you get, you get pleasure from the taste of the food. You know These are things that help to mitigate some of the, the pain and suffering in life. And so happiness, narrowly conceived, would be placed within that, that dimension of human experience. But there's the problem with happiness. The problem with relying on that philosophy of life is that there's a lot of unpleasant experiences in life, and that that won't get you through. That won't get you through them all. You have to have a, a broader toolkit, and so um, there are many enriching experiences and many fulfilling experiences in life that actually require discomfort and that actually that actually are not pleasant in and of themselves like here's one obvious example like why do people continue to have kids not only is it subjectively like just difficult um from you know when you're when you're doing it and and and, you know we, we talk about it all the time parents talk about how hard it is so it's not a secret not only is that the case, but it's been documented in the, in the, in the psychological literature that uh, um, parents are actually, on average, a little less happier than, like, they have less positive emotion than non-parents. And so it's like, why do people continue to have kids? Well, it's not because of happiness. It's not because of pure pleasure. There's other, there's other factors. There, there's other considerations. And you know, one of those might be going back to the connection ethic. It's our need to, to have bonds. Another, another one might be. and this is, this is the last, and this is the sixth and final um, need that I think is really is really important, our need for meaning and our need for, you know, for it, meaning is, is there's a lot contained in there. and that's kind of that diametrically opposed to pleasure, to the improvement ethic because meaning is more about, Is more about being part of a larger narrative than just yourself. It's about transcending your own needs and it's about committing to something. Um, It's about having a purpose and kids give you purpose. (laughs) So that's another possible explanation.
0: Yeah, I I love that. And I was thinking as I was hearing you speak about a book that I'm reading at the moment and I will say I'm not the quickest reader on the planet. Um, Reading is a new yeah. Reading is a new journey for me. I'm, I'm such a visual and um, such a visual character. And I love listening because I think my mind doesn't like to slow down for long enough to look at the pages on a book, but yeah. I'm trying, I'm practicing. And do you listen to audio books? I don't actually, which is weird because I listen to a lot of podcasts and I watch a lot of content in form of video interview, but I need to dive into audio books. Cause I think whilst it's, it's, nice for me to be able to turn the phone off and just be present in a book. You still want to be able to get as much out of reading and learning and, you know, being able to explore new topics and ideas and journeys. So I probably yeah. need to, um, to get the audible going. If you, if you learn well by listening, I highly recommend audiobooks, man. It, it, it can
1: change your life truly in, in, in a positive way because, um, I mean, it, you you might actually learn better with, with audio. There are there are audio learners and there are people who just can't listen to anything they zone out. My, my wife is one of those people who just cannot listen to anything mm. she zones out, but she can read very fast. So anyway, just, a, yeah, I, I'd highly recommend that.
0: I might have to balance the two, a bit of harmony between them, right? <laughs> um, yes, yeah. yeah, so I've been reading this book, Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor yeah. Frankl. It's a book that I listened to Tony Robbins talk about how it was probably his favorite book. Yep. And as I'm reading this book, um, there it is, there it is. And it's quite a small book, so I've got no excuse yeah. for not getting through it. And I've actually been yeah. fascinated. It's, it's a book that as soon as I pick up, I don't want to put it down until I, like last minute, I have to just stop because I've got something else to do Yeah. and reading through and hearing about this man's perspective and exactly what you spoke about there, how some of the most difficult things need to be endured for those yeah. positive emotions on the other side and he spoke about just at this certain part of in the book. So for anyone listening, this guy was a prisoner of war in Nazi Germany and what, what he went through, and and it's a true story. What he went through to survive is there are elements of fate and luck and grit and determination that they're all within this book, within this story, but he speaks about being out of the POW camp and, And being with somebody who wasn't there who hadn't experienced that. And they were looking at these photos of prisoners of war in a magazine. And they they spoke about how sad it looked and how upsetting it was to see these people sitting in this hut, freezing cold, in this little community together. And he said, I don't see it that way. And they were quite shocked. And they asked him why. And he said, Well, because I know from my experience that for all we went through within that day to be sick in that hut for 48 hours and get just a little bit of peace and rest and comfort that we weren't going to be outside in the elements that we likely weren't going to die due to brutality or um, the work that we had to undertake on that day. That for us was one of the happiest times in that POW camp. And I guess in relatable and, and very, um, very much easier times, I relate that to my experience last year of running a marathon like it is there are certain elements and times throughout that run that you are just not having fun but I'm telling you now when I cross that finish line it was the best feeling of my life and it is still being the best day of my life because for all of the struggle you face and everything that you go through on that journey and I, and I think marathons are quite symbolic to life there are beautifully comfortable phases then you hit a wall and then you find your way back out and it's euphoric again. And then you crash again. And yeah. like, it's, it's just this journey. It's this yo-yo journey throughout. And for me to sit there at the end of it, we sat in this circle almost like these people were sat in this hut at the end of our run. And, and we sat there and we laughed and we shared the war stories from the days event, And it was just a close group of us, 13 of us who'd done my charity event and, sitting there and I've got a photo of us in that circle. And I was like, that was one of the happiest moments of my life on the best day of my life, because we endured so much together. And I think that's harmony, isn't it? Like that's life. You need to be challenging yourself to experience a little bit of discomfort, to experience some pain at times to be, you know, like I quit my job was pretty much broke but had to sell my house to and find a way to be able to do what I love here and I'm so grateful and appreciative for all of those moments because they teach you little things they build character they build resilience and I think that speaks to harmony like life truly is harmony totally i mean and and that that's really if we can grasp that
1: idea that life is made up of so many different um aspects like emotions, values, you know, worldviews, if, if we can appreciate the diversity of the human experience and um, the experiences that I have, that life has to offer us, that will, if we can have that expectation and, and bring that expectation to life, I think that completely changes our conception of what it means to live a good life. You know, we realize quickly that life is a good life is not just all about positive experiences or, or pleasant emotions. It's like in the same way that you wouldn't like, you actually wouldn't like to have just chocolate cake for every meal. It would get old very fast. Mm. And so the idea is to identify, okay, so what are these different aspects? What are the, the things that, that we consider good? What are the things that are important to us as humans that we need to express that are part of our nature um, and it turns out that not all of them are 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 uh, tied to pleasant emotions some of them are tied to meaning some of them are tied to you know the the difficulties of building strong relationships that's also not not a necessarily pleasant thing all the time there's conflict and there's uncomfortable conversations and there's all of this and so um, uh, you know there, there's all these different aspects that, that I've kind of touched on in this conversation these are all part of the human experience and if we can, pull them all together and, and, and express them at the right time in the right way, then we're, we're embodying this idea of harmony.
0: I think to elaborate on the chocolate cake metaphor there. um, Sorry, there'll be a little bit of ringing in the background. I think I've got a delivery here. Give me two secs for that to die out. Okay. I think that's my running gear, which is exciting. (laughs) <laughs> it's exciting. What what a win podcast and running gear on the same <laughs> morning. Um to elaborate on that chocolate cake metaphor, it's it's almost like that you need the savory to appreciate the sweet, yep. right? And that's the same with yep. happiness. You need the the challenges to appreciate the happy emotions when they come. Yep. I was listening to Joe Rogan speak about it on a podcast just the other day. It was an older podcast. I can't even remember which episode it was, but he spoke about like human nature, we require some struggle and challenge. And yeah, so Joe Rogan in this episode, he spoke about how at a certain point in time, people believe that they're going to be really happy if they were lying back. Someone's painting their toes, feeding them grapes. Um, Life is good. It's relaxing. Everything is being done for them. But he's like, I guarantee you after about an hour of being hand-fed grapes and having your toes painted, you're going to go, get me out of here. Like I need, yep. I need a bit of struggle. We all need those things in, in our day. And he spoke about it in a really relatable level where he's like, I've never wanted that. I want to wake up in the morning and really struggle through a workout because I know whilst it's painful at the time, it's going to make me feel good after. And I want to be challenged by my work. There is, I don't think there's any pleasure in, in a life that is so easy. And I think it's a reason why I often question how someone who has been challenged in a business sense and, and finds himself in say like a higher paced business world struggles to give that up. And I think it's just because of human nature. We're so used to, you know, we'll go back, we've been referring to prehistoric times and and human evolution throughout the course of this episode. It was a daily struggle to find food, to survive, to find shelter. That is, it's who we are. And, I think it's it's finding that shelter or finding that food that then evokes the happy emotion that if everything was just handed to you on a silver platter, it wouldn't have meaning anymore. Right. And, and, and that's almost just the purpose of life, like figuring out for you what you're willing to struggle through and endure to get to a certain point where you get to, to have certain experiences, you get to do a certain thing for work. And, you know, for me, like, maybe this journey of like, I believe that my purpose is to, to share story and to tell story that will allow people to see all they can be to get the most out of their life, which, which I've been really privileged with, um, you know, ill health at certain times and with a chronic illness to understand from an, you know, it's been an amazing teacher. I've been privileged to understand that from such an early age that I want other people to see all they can be too. But if everything was handed to me on a silver platter, like if I didn't have to build this audience, if this gave me a really stable stream of income from the get-go, maybe it wouldn't be so worthwhile building that and struggling through it. And I think we search for that and we seek that at certain points in our life. And, and, and I think we're all just on that learning journey, right? What are we willing to, what are we willing to endure and, what what do we hope the desired outcome to be? And and it's a hard question because, like you said, comfort and security is one of those elements that um, feels really good. It feels really nice, and we need oh, it. We, we to, do to a degree. To a degree, hundred yeah. percent. And oh, I'd be really interested to hear for you. You spoke about like the last five or six years. You've really been pushing and and trying to figure out the answers to these questions. What are some of the things that have been really present to you throughout that time that you've gone, that's something I'm willing to endure. And this is something I'm, I'm on the journey of, of trying to find.
1: Well, I want to say first that I, I, don't, I don't know if I'm finding answers so much as I'm clarifying the questions and asking better questions about life. Um, because I, I think what I've learned primarily is that there are no tidy answers so I consider myself more of a map maker than a tour guide. Let's say, you know, it's like mapping the territory. What are we working with so that we can then navigate life properly? Because there are no tidy answers. But anyway, to answer your question, um, you know, <laughs> the thing that I've realized that I'm happy struggling with and suffering for is um, how 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 to describe it, I guess. Um, yeah, just the confusion and, and feeling of feeling of being lost that accompanies learning and dealing with and grappling with complex ideas and, um, y- you know, studying human nature and, and th- that in and of itself, like trying, like trying to understand and clarify who we are as as human beings and what it is that we're doing, that takes a lot of like, it, it, it takes a lot of focus, and that's what I've been doing for the past several years, and in writing about it. And now I'm starting. To, I've been writing about it a little bit, but now I'm starting to write about it more and put more things out there. And so there are periods, though, when I've I, I went through a very very dark period where I, I just felt like I didn't know anything at all. I felt like I had all the information I had gathered, just kind of. A, Accumulated to nothing and canceled itself out, and so I was like, "Do I have I ever learned anything?" And it was like this kind of dark night of the soul thing where I just felt like I had overloaded myself. But I realized that I I'm really cerebral. I really like to explore ideas and, and kind of map new new territory, new intellectual territory, and understand the world, man. And, and I know you're 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 like that to a degree also. And so but there's, there's a cost for that. There's a cost for everything. And so that the the cost I'm willing to endure is confusion and uncertainty when it, when it comes to that endeavor.
0: It's funny, isn't it? Because you speak like speaking about that and hearing that makes me think about, it makes me think about like a few different quotes and a few different individuals. And you often find that like artists or, or musicians who are on that journey and they're like they're writing about stuff that's happened in their life, they're trying to figure out life, they're trying to be creative, get the most out of that experience, they're trying to relate to their audience. Or whether they're not even trying to relate to their audience, they're just trying to find themselves through their music or their art there's this real level of confusion and like, and, and almost like from the outside in, it, it can seem like craziness at times. Like yeah. I, th- I think of a guy like Kanye West, right? Yeah. You don't know whether that guy is crazy or whether he's a genius. <sighs> and yeah. like much of what he does is is genius. Like, and some of the ideas that these artists come forward with, I marvel at. And I think, where does that come from? And I think it comes from the confusion. Like you've got to go to those places mentally to find, something that's really inspirational or really artistic on the other side. It's like Vincent van Gogh, right? Cut his ear off and, and sent it in the mail. Like the, the process of that art sent a man crazy, but it's, it's the confusion that usually gives you like the best outcomes in life. And I had a little bit of confusion only a month or two ago. So where, um, for, for anyone listening, by the way, Ruben is in Arizona, um and I'm, I'm here in Wollongong if you're one of Ruben's um supporters and Wollongong's just south of Sydney in Australia and we're at the moment in a lockdown due to COVID and so I've been spending a lot of time at home and a lot of time with my own thoughts and that it's actually been like a really explorative time because I was on this journey of podcasting and I thought at the start of this year I thought I really knew the journey I wanted to go on like I had sort of structure planned out as like, I'm going to do these two styles of episodes a week and this one unique style of episode. And this is how it's going to look. And this is how the six months ahead will be planned out. And then going back and actually having some time by myself where I started to to read more, to listen to more and really question whether I was on a path that I wanted to be on. and, And that felt right. Just come with so much confusion because I was, I was identifying that I'd gotten a little bit lost in the process. For me, it had become so much about building this audience and building a business that I'd lost why I began in the first place, which was just to inspire people, to allow people to, to like I said before, find the best version of themselves. And, and on, you know, on that journey, for me to find the best version of myself too. So I had to scale everything back. I was like, I thought I knew so much, but now I know nothing. And I had to scale it back and, and really get to the root of what I want to achieve again and, and then re-engineer it. And so I've been on that journey for the last two months now. And, and with that has come, you know, that real confusion for a few weeks, but then this real level of clarity now where I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm really okay with the things that I have to sacrifice on this journey. And if it means that I sacrifice a few million followers or supporters to have the few thousand that really really love and get something out of the content and for me to feel fulfilled and to feel like the work I do does some good in the world, which is really important to me then then that's okay and and so I, I completely agree with you. confusion is such an important part of the process and if you're not confused, you almost wonder whether you're asking big enough questions of yourself. Yeah yeah I mean confusion
1: is, part of the the mode of being i call novelty it's the novelty ethic because when you're mapping new territory which is what the novelty ethic is all about and and about dealing with challenges when you're doing that actively you're going to be confused at times Mm. um and so that's just part of the deal If, if you want to if you want to gain any sort of resources whether it's money or new information or, or, or anything like that, then you're going to um, you're going to find yourself sometimes in a place that you don't know exactly where you are. Like, like, like you mentioned, you, you were kind of, you know, you try to implement this new structure for your podcast and it's like, then you got kind of overwhelmed. And so you have to realize that, obviously you don't want to be too confused. You you don't want to run into a situation where you're overwhelmed by chaos, because if you get overwhelmed by chaos, you could, you could shut down. And it's like, it's like meeting a saber tooth tiger. And then that's the end, like game over. Um, obviously it's not that dramatic, but you get my point. Um, so, so you push yourself as far as you can go and then you go, okay, let's, let's scale it back a little bit. Let's find some balance between this and, and, and a secure place. Let's, let's, let's feel comp, you know, you, you need to feel competent in certain areas too. So find your competence, stay there, develop some habits, then go back to the, then go back to trying to push those boundaries again, you know, so it says balance between novelty and security.
0: So. Well, would you suggest any exercises or any, I guess, um, any ways to provoke a bit of thought for the people who are sitting here listening or watching this, who, don't really understand what their purpose is or what their meaning is yet is there is there something that's practical because it's a really hard question it's a really hard topic to tackle because everyone is so unique and so individual but i can imagine that you've probably got a few go-tos that even for yourself you've used personally when when trying to find those little paths to take
1: to to kind of uncover your your purpose and to get get on the path that you really feel good about yeah well there's a couple of different ways there's a few different ways you can think about this but um i think at the very at the very least like if you just don't know what to do i i i i can i can run through a list here because what you want to do is at the, at, the, at the bare minimum what you want to do is honor the dimensions of human experience honor your nature as a human being and and that is a very good baseline what i mean by that is there are six needs that we have six basic needs but we've already went through them i'll just list them really succinctly autonomy connection novelty security um pleasure and meaning okay and so if you just don't know what to do you want to ask yourself hey how can i how can i Kind of express these different dimensions of, of human nature, of myself as an individual and that will will put you in a position to feel as though you're you're on a path that's that's productive. okay so what what that looks like is, is actually very practical and this is just just one one way to go about it but so you might say okay, how do I express autonomy? Well, I got I, I need to I need to one action you might take is to, um, you know, express yourself more often, like state your needs clearly and plainly to the people around you. That's a good, that's a good start. How do I express connection? Okay. Well, develop some good relationships, like put, be vulnerable, put yourself out there. Um, connect with people, maybe look for, maybe, maybe do some work on looking for a relationship, a partner or, or romantic relationship. These are basic things, but again, let's just go through them all thirdly novelty. How do I, how do I express more novelty in my life? Deal with a challenge, find a challenge, find something that bothers you and go try to fix it. Um, That's a useful thing to do. Security. How do I express security? Well, you might want to find something that you're really good at and do it more often. Like find, find one of your talents, find something that that actually you naturally gravitate toward and that you naturally haven't have a knack for and, and, and do it that's, that's mastery, you know, pleasure. How do I, how do I give myself a break? Enjoy life. Like take some time for yourself, reward yourself, right. When you, when you're doing these things and then meaning, how do I, how do I express meaning? Well, you might, you might take on a really heavy, you you might, you might think of a vision for your life. You might think of something that, that would really, really make your you know, kind of a grand overarching narrative for your life and, and a purpose that, that you think would really like bring your life together. You know, maybe, maybe it's something as, as simple as having a family and, and developing, you know, a, like raising a kid. Um, maybe it's more career oriented. Maybe it's like, oh, well, maybe my meaning is going to be found in, you know, um, doing some some charity work with with an organization or something like that but but anyway these are the six dimensions this is the this is the map this is the playing field and so if you just think about this as kind of like a harmony checklist or a well-being checklist that's a really good place to start because when you're when you're kind of um, expressing these different dimensions of your life and you're you're doing this dance where you're balancing all these different these different dimensions it's like a song it's like a song that everything's playing together and everything is is kind of Coming together at once and producing this rich, fulfilling, cohesive life, and um, that's one way to think about it, man. It's 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 as simple as that. It's it's identifying our needs and our true nature and honoring those needs and honoring the 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 aspects of our nature, and so that's yeah, one way to go
0: about it. I really like that. It's almost like six pieces of a puzzle that create a clearer picture, and I. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I think the danger of this conversation is it could go all day, right? It's it's, <laughs> it's something with so many topics that are so broad and can get so specific. But yeah. I believe there's some real gems here for, for everyone tuning in that, you know, just that there, that exercise in itself is a really practical takeaway, something that I'll look to do and write down and explore a little bit in the coming days where I think You know, I speak to so many people in Australia at the moment who are in a lockdown period and who have some time to reflect and and relax at home. Take the time to explore those things and those thoughts right now. Um, It's the best time to do it where you have a little bit of time away from the distractions of the world to really figure out who you are. And I think that's got to be the win out of this time. And, you know, it would have been much the same for you, Ruben, over in the US where, this last 12 to 18 months has brought with it so much uncertainty, um, but with it, it's almost brought the chance to sort of step back and really reflect on who you are to make sure that when you're coming out the other side of this and, and life begins to be a little more fast paced again and, and back to normal, that you, you have some clarity on the direction that you're headed in. That, that map looks a little bit clearer. Yeah. So I thank you so much for being here. And I want to make sure that this isn't the last time that everyone hears from you. Um, so where should we find you? And I'll make sure all those links are in the description.
1: Uh, you can find my website at thinkgrowprosper.com. You can find me at, uh, on social media at thinkgrowprosper also. And, and
0: those are the two, two main channels. My, my podcast is, uh, the thinkgrow podcast. So amazing. I'll have all those links in there. You're an absolute champion, mate. Thank you so much for coming on here and, and sharing a little bit of wisdom definitely done a lot for me and i love these conversations it gets me geared up you know it's the morning here it's the afternoon there so i know that i'm gonna have a good day because these things are gonna be going through my brain and and inspiring a little bit of thought so i really do appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to come on and share your thoughts and a bit of your story so thank you so much
1: i appreciate it bradley had a great
0: conversation had a great time thanks my man cheers all right